Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash using your power. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. And for this episode, I'd like to recommend I Will Teach You To Be Rich by Ramit Sethi. Welcome to Using Your Power. This is Maveen Cora. And this is David Andrew Weed. David Andrew Weeb, how are you doing? I'm powered up, man. How are you? I'm excited. You know, we've got a new format that we're going to kind of test out. We're going to try to take our shows down from about an hour and uh, sometimes even 80 minutes. And change. And try to bring it down to in that uh, 15, 20, you know, if we got to go a little longer, that 30 minute, uh, you know, time frame, that's okay. We're going to try to still bring the best uh, information uh, to the listener. Yeah, so just so you guys are aware, that's what we're going to do. And I'm just going to get right into my first point. So I'm debating for financing. And I'm going to say the first thing it does is it helps you build credit. And that allows you to make bigger purchases later, such as a home or a car. It makes it much easier to get a mortgage or a loan when you need it. Right. So I'm going to be taking the other stance. Uh, so I'm going to be debating against financing. Uh, so although one can borrow money, um, you know, that's not a problem. But, you know, you do have to usually pay anywhere between 0.99% if you're, say, uh, buying a brand new car off the lot to anywhere between 8%, uh, you know, if you're uh, buying, say, a used car as an example. So just to give you an idea, you know, you can end up paying quite a bit of money in interest uh, over time. But the flip side of that is that you can actually earn a lot of points and then you can use those points for travel and sometimes other products. And so you get a lot of bonuses along with, you know, financing different products. You can get definitely some points. I think we've talked about that on a previous episode. So, um, I mean, there are some benefits there. I mean, even if you are buying on credit card, for example, um, you know, uh, the example I have here is, you know, you do have to commit to a monthly payment schedule, uh, something I know we've talked about off um, offline here. Uh, we've talked about not wanting to necessarily commit to that because sometimes, you know, life does change. And if you're committing to, a, say, a 36-month or an 84-month uh, time frame, say, for example, if you're buying a vehicle, um, then, you know, you're saying to the company, you know, no problem, I'm going to be able to make uh, payments to you monthly, month after month after month for 84 months on something that may not be uh, valued at that at the end of it. I could see that. But what about instant gratification? What about the ability to buy what you want and be able to do what you want right now on funds that you, you'll be owing later, but you won't be owing immediately? You can always pay back later. And depending on the credit card agreement, I mean, some of them do have you pay off your entire balance every month, but most of them don't. And you're able to finance that over the long term and not have to pay for it immediately. Well, absolutely. You can definitely um, take some money and finance uh, anything you want for immediate gratification. I think a lot of people do in society. And, you know, if you're able to pay that off in the, within that 30 days, absolutely not a problem. But, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people do not and they have they live on the interest, right? So which we mentioned earlier. So, you know, I kind of use my examples as a car. It looks like you've gone the credit card route. Uh, so we're definitely going to be giving two different examples. Right. Uh, one of the things I looked at was, well, you can, if you're buying a vehicle as an example and you are deciding to not 
not finance it, you know, which is a good thing because um, when you buy a vehicle and you do finance it, typically as soon as you drive that vehicle off the lot, you're going to lose 20%. And now you're making those monthly payments, for example, 36 month or 86 month uh, loan payments on a vehicle that's worth 20% less than what it was valued at before you drove it off the car lot. So, you know, the loan that you have, you're actually paying more money on it. So that's one reason I wouldn't finance. But it's really hard to get new products then. So, like if you don't have the funding to be able to buy a brand new car, which could be ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars, it would be even more for like a, a better car, a more expensive car. Then you know, if you, unless you have that money saved, you can't just buy that money off off the you know buy that car off the lot. So what else are you gonna do? I mean, credit cards allow you to get, I mean, or loans even allow you to get products that are brand new and that are relevant now versus products that are old and that you don't you're gonna you know, you don't need it later. Well, you know, I'd maybe consider you to think about not financing and maybe buying a car that's something within your um, budget, right? So I know a lot of people can usually typically have, uh, you know, 2000 to anywhere between $10,000 in the bank, maybe a little safety net where they say if something ever happens to my car, my house or whatever, I have a little bit of money to throw at that, right? So I would consider buying a car that's say somewhere in that $2,000, $10,000 range. And here's the reason why, you know, one, you have negotiating power when you have cash, you walk into a car dealership where your car's 30 to 50, $60,000, you don't really have negotiating power. The dealership does, you know, you walk into, uh, you walk into to um, an ad, for example, right? You know, Kijiji or Craigslist or whatnot, Auto Trader. Uh, you go talk to one of those guys. You have ten thousand dollars cash with you. You have a little bit of negotiating power because people want your cash, right? They then they don't have to deposit it in the bank account. They don't have to really show where it came from, so it ends up being a benefit for them. But you know, when you turn around to sell that car, let's say two to three years from now, that car that you bought for two to let's say ten thousand dollars hasn't depreciated in value as much as a car that cost you, you know, twenty, thirty, forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars only because you want it something new and uh, an instant gratification. What about the quality of the product though? Because you might not get what you're looking for. And even if you do buy two thousand to ten thousand dollars there's nothing saying that car won't break down within a year or even less than that. So then you end up paying more in maintenance and repair fees. Well, you know, it's probably, you're probably right in that one, but you can uh, get around that, right? I mean, before you buy a car, do a mechanic. So spend a little extra money to buy a car that's not a lemon. And, you know, you can find uh, alternative ways to not finance. So you can save yourself, you know, one on the on the fixing of a vehicle, right? Now, there are some things that you will have to do. If your car is over, I believe, a certain age, like 10 years or something like that, 12 years, you do have to do certain inspections anyways. So sometimes it works in your benefit because, you know, you pay for an inspection or you can actually work it into the deal uh, when you're buying the car uh, off whoever you buy it from and say, hey, you know, I, I want the inspection included in this purchase. And then you can kind of find out if the brakes have been done or how much is left in the brakes or, you know, same as credit cards, right? You know, you're talking about buying the new, newest, nicest thing. And sometimes we all want that. But again, I think one of the talks that we're going to do about uh, celebrities here in the <laughs> next little while uh, is going to kind of uh, get into that a little bit in more detail. But um you know, if you can't afford to buy something because your pay grade's not there yet, increase your pay grade and then go buy what you want. Yeah, I mean, one thing about buying things in cash, though, is that you don't necessarily get the same protection that you would with buying things with, with a credit card. I mean, you get insurance, and so you can get car insurance and things like that, but you can also get insurance and protection on your credit card in case that you can't make payments and things like that. So when things are difficult, your credit card company will ha sometimes handle that for you. No, that is true. You know, there are options there. And again, if you are using the credit card to make a purchase, but then paying off that uh, purchase within the last 
allowed 30 days, then you're actually maximizing the way you can use your credit um, and the credit that's available to you, right? Because this is then, in essence, free money that people are giving to you. Um, but there are a lot of different things as well, right? And a lot of people I know say, ah, I'm not going to bother with collecting points or, you know, it's not a big deal. But there are certain things, you're right. If you're booking travel, you have to book on a credit card. You cannot book travel without a credit card, right? But again, you're not, the idea is not to finance your trip. The idea is to have enough cash in the bank to pay for that trip. So no, don't take a trip before you can afford to take the trip. But of course, that could build your credit and then enable you to make big, bigger purchases down the line. So there is that side of things too. Yes, you can definitely buy stuff on credit and build your credit score. But when you pay, don't pay off your credit card at the end of those 30 days, after 30 day, after 30 day, you actually negatively impact your score as well. So you do want to continue to pay uh, those 30-day uh, installments as well. You don't want to hold a balance where now you're paying interest. Uh, in, in to credit card com- com- uh, companies, we're talking 18 to 20% interest, not that uh, 0.99% to 8%. Here's something that's a little bit outside the box. I think credit is partly knowing your audience. And I think companies, we have locally a company called Longham & Quaid, which supplies instruments and you know musical gear for musicians. I think they know their audience well because they will give a financing plan or they'll give a loan to just about anyone. You can finance anything in that store over the long haul make smaller payments instead of one huge lump sum payment that most musicians wouldn't be able to do and then have the piece of gear that they want right now and be able to do the work that they want to do right now right you know in most cases you're right in 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 this case i think you would be right where if you're say if you're a musician but you're serious about being a musician you're not just uh you know starting it up as a hobby and you take out say ten ten thousand dollar finance loan and buy a whole bunch of equipment and set up a whole studio and now you're actually setting up as a business that could be a, a great idea because now now you have clients coming in, recording in your studio, and they are paying the payments potentially. But keep in mind, if you're just doing it for yourself, it's just a hobby, you buy $10,000 worth of equipment, you're now paying interest to somebody uh, based on a purchase that you made on equipment that could still break, it could still go bad, maybe you want to sell it and you're not going to get as much as you paid for it in the big picture too, right? So you have to look at all those things. And again, when you're when you're paying interest on something, again, you're paying interest on money that's not real, and you have to actually go and work for that money to pay somebody else uh, that they're really just making for free. You're right, though. It is about the long-term view. If you can have a long-term view of what you're going to do with your money and it can generate cash flow positive for you, whether it's a business or a freelancing thing or some other endeavor or event that you're putting on, then financing in the short term might actually bring you in more money that rather than taking the risk of not having you know invested in that thing at all. That's right. So you have to really just look at it is, is it a smart business sense or are you doing it because it, it's a quick fix gratification thing? If it's quick fix and gratification, I'd say, you know, don't finance. But if it's something that's going to add some value to your business or help you grow uh, somehow, you know, definitely look at it. And you don't necessarily have to finance the whole amount. You can potentially finance a, a smaller portion, right? I know um, when I was working in the home industry, a lot of people would come in and they'd only do the minimum 5%, uh, but then they'd end up paying on top top of that mortgage fees on top of that and which could add up anywhere between 15 and 18 thousand dollars again depending on what it was so you're paying an, an additional interest uh payment on top of that or in, in this case an insurance payment on top of that but but if you were able to save a little bit more money and in this case a lot of money because 20 percent is quite a bit uh you would have a better chance not to have to pay that 18 to you know eighteen thousand dollars in additional right so if, if you're making the purchases at the right time uh then i think you can really find ways to uh work. 
Well, ultimately, I don't think there is a really great argument against the interest fees that you're going to pay. Certainly, you can build your credit. Certainly, you can earn points. Certainly, you, you can get instant gratification. But it's really hard to argue the point that you know you end up paying more for the products that you could have been spending less on. Right. And I mean, even just to give you uh, an idea on the flip side, right? So if I own a business and I'm buying uh, stuff on credit, absolutely, you know, if, if I can have uh, an ability to write off uh, an expense, you know, I can and I can write off those expenses. Or if I'm a business and I need to show a loss, then and having an interest payment could be a way to show loss potentially as long as your accountant obviously says it's not funny accounting right so that's right uh, we want to insure against that um but i mean it's possible it could be a business strategy as well to make a payment on those because you're trying to build credit like you said with a, a supplier so that may be something right and sometimes i know if you're buying things uh, especially when it's b2b sometimes you do have the ability to go a 60-day notice a 90-day credit note uh, before any payments have to be made or even before interest payments are even uh starting right so sometimes they'll give you even longer than 30 days to make the full payment so you're not having to feel like you're you know uh, trying to catch up on payments also another thing is just leverage and i think that's a word that some entrepreneurs hate but you can get a lot of leverage there's a lot of funding sources that are available it's not just credit cards there's loans there's hard money loans there's so many different ways for you and you probably don't even know about them there's probably even dozens of ways that you can get money without putting any money up front and as long as that money is being used towards a project or a business or like a home refinishing or remodel then it, your business is liable or your, your the house that you bought is liable you're no longer liable for those loans or that debt, which is one way to leverage money that I've even heard entrepreneurs talk about. Absolutely. You know, and one of the things, David, too, is I know a lot of times, uh, a couple of years back when uh, the home financial crisis kind of happened there, a lot of people, that's exactly what they were doing, right? They weren't really financing their home. People were just signing their, using their name as a, a financing uh, signature, right? Saying, you know what, uh, I, I'd say, for example, partner up with you and you'd be like, hey, no worries, uh, Mav, I'll take care of everything for you. Put your name down. And I didn't have to do anything. I didn't have to put any monthly payments down. So there was a way for me to, you know, uh, get $5,000 or something like that at the end of six months because I, you'd be able to take the name off the house, the name, my name off the house and put it under your company name or your trust company. But I, you know, what started happening was a lot of people were doing this and they started getting into trouble, right? So that's one thing I would say, you know, not financing and using your name to finance somebody else's project could sometimes, you know, be a better idea because it can put you into some hot water if you don't know who you're partnering up with and what what's going to happen if something does like happen in like a financial crisis. Yeah, no kidding. Do you have any other points there, Matt? You know what? I think that was a great talk. You know, we, we kept it at uh, close to 13 minutes. That's, That's pretty, pretty good. Amazing. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Cool. And, uh, you know, do you have any final thoughts? Yeah, I sure do. I think ultimately, you know, we're not telling you to finance or not to finance. That's something that you got to decide on a case by case basis. I think we present some of the points as to why you might want to and why you might not want to. I think being debt free is really the strongest position of all. Being cash positive is the strongest position of all. That's the one that we should all aspire to and want to do as business people. But sometimes you can leverage credit. I think it's you have to be super careful and you got to know what you're doing or else you will just go into debt, but you can sometimes leverage other sources of funding to build your business or career. Absolutely. You know, and just coming from the, the banking industry as well, right? Worked in banks for six years and I've seen a lot of a lot of different bank accounts and I've seen bank accounts with money and I've seen bank accounts with no money in it. And I mean, the people, I, I would always try to ask them, you know, I was in my 20s and say, hey, you know, how'd you build so much cash in your account? And a lot of them were businesses. And again, in Alberta, a lot of them were oil companies as well, working downtown. And just being able to see how they were using their money and what they were actually financing, what they weren't financing uh, through the business loans and, and how much money they were actually borrowing from the banks. Uh, because, you know, the banks obviously 
want to, to do business with you as well and they want to see you grow and because they know the more money you keep borrowing, the more interest they'll keep making as well on those payments, right? So I think if you're going to borrow money, in my opinion, is make sure you have a plan, make sure you understand how you're going to pay that uh payment back and if it's an installments or what kind of installments and how much interest you're paying. Sometimes, you know, on 0.99%, for example, I know when we bought our car, was uh, when I bought my car, it was 0.99% and it realistically over a three-year period is only a $300 interest payment, but I was able to write that interest payment off because I had my own business. Great points. So you've been listening to Using Your Power. You can find us at usingyourpower.com. Leave a comment or send us a message. You can also download our course while, there, while you're there. And if you're on YouTube, you can also leave a comment and let us know what you think. Awesome, man. All right.